In the holy name of Jesus, amen. That was a long gospel. And a bit rambling, perhaps. There is so much to think about in that text. The child, the tortured soul, the one who is tempted. The little one, the lost sheep, the sinful brother, and the two or three huddled together in prayer. So what's the common thread? One common thread is that they are all limited in some way. And then a bit more, that Jesus loves and seeks and finds and embraces and protects and forgives and blesses the limited. Still being limited, that is one of the reasons that you and I find it so difficult to follow Jesus. Our very first sin, the sin from which all others are born, is the sin of pride. And pride is the desire to be unlimited. Now, I want to be very clear here. To aim high, to work hard, to do good and to do well, to chase excellence, to keep the discipline, not to settle and not to cut the corners, to always, always bring our best, that is not pride. That is making the best use of the gifts that Jesus has given to us. Pride is something different. Pride is our desire to be completely independent to be unlimited and unrestrained, to live as if we were self-created and self-sufficient. I read a tragic story this week about how folks think about their children when they find out that their children will be less than perfect. Right now in America, depending on which study we read, we find that the abortion rate for Down syndrome babies is now as high as 90%. A recent survey simply asked some of the parents, why? Parents said, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't be the kind of mother who accepts everything, who loves her kid no matter what. And then this. If he can't have a shot at becoming president, we don't want him. And then this. It's devastating. It's a waste, all the love that goes into kids like that. Now, there's really no way to nuance that. Even in the case of our children, those whom we are meant to love most, we will be masters or we will be nothing. We will not be limited by their limits. And we, as a nation, will not accept those little ones who do not measure up. But, of course, that's just pretending. The truth is 
nobody in this world measures up. You don't measure up and I don't either. The truth is, our world is filled with broken, tortured, little, lost, sinful, and huddled together people. It's everybody. Even if it's a little harder to see it in some folks rather than others. None of us is self-created. None of us is self-sufficient. That is the illusion of pride. You remember it was pride that killed Satan. He could not stand to be limited. He could not stand to be number two or three or four in the kingdom of God. And so says the text, he fell from heaven like lightning. Pride is what killed Adam. He just could not be satisfied with the instructions that he tend and keep the garden. For Adam, it was important to own the garden, even if he had to steal it. And pride is what kills me, too, on those days when I decide that I don't need the baby Jesus, and frankly, I don't need any one of you. Because on those days, neither you nor the baby Jesus measures up. To grow in humility, that is to grow older and wiser and gentler, to be more open and more kind, more patient and more loving, and really more happy. To grow in the image of Christ is not just to admit our limitations, but also to chase them. And when we catch them, to embrace them. To hold our limitations dear, to practice, revere, and even to enjoy our limitations. So how do we do that? How do we humble ourselves, as Jesus says in the text for today? Jesus tells us. Jesus says, try acting. Act like a child, a short child, who spends all his days looking up at the adults who tower above him. Act like a man who's lost a hand or a foot or an eye and goes through every day of his life not forgetting that he is somehow limited. Act like you won't make it through the day without a guardian angel. Act like a lost little lamb. Act like the greatest pain you could ever feel is the pain of a sin that is wedged between you and a brother or sister in the church. Even somebody who has wounded you, even somebody who has made you a victim. And act like you would do anything to resolve it, even go to them nose to nose. Act like the only way you'll make it through the day is if you huddle with two or three others and pray in the name of Jesus. Acting that way does not come natural to any of us. But again this morning, with his merciful and gentle, gentle words, and with the sacraments that scrub us clean, Jesus gives each one of us exactly what we need to limit us so that we can live again. You see it from the very first thing that we do when we come in the morning. 
we kneel down and Jesus gives us a good confession. Poor, miserable sinners on our knees before him. This morning, Jesus lets any of us say anything. You kneel down and you can confess anything. Pride, rebellions. You can confess the times you sinned against the little ones. You can confess all your cruel judgments about other people and all your cruel actions, even against unborn children. And then, Jesus floods the landscape with mercy. Jesus comes to this place and he absorbs our sins. He erases our sins. He takes away our sins. He forgives our sins. Jesus comes to you and Jesus makes your wrongs right. And then as a bonus, as a gift, Jesus limits us to what is good and true and beautiful and holy and ordered. Jesus limits us to a life of love and mercy and gentleness, to a life of forgiveness, so that when we leave here today, we are limited, but not disadvantaged. We are limited, but we are not diminished. We are limited, but not endangered. We have angels. We are limited, but we are not lost. We are not angry. We are not burdened. We've been forgiven. We are not judgmental. We are not victimized. Here today in this place, in this liturgy, Jesus has come, and we are found. We are embraced, we are consoled, we are forgiven. Jesus comes, and he deeply loves us, and more, he deeply honors us by limiting us. So now you come once more to Jesus' touch in the Holy Eucharist. Now you come where everything is forgiven, everything you've ever done. Everything is forgiven. And now everything is made new. You will leave here no sin, no guilt. You will leave here a fresh start. You will leave here new life. And as you go, take it with you and give it to everybody you see. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.